Welcome back to the Discount Property Investor Podcast. Our mission is to share what we have learned from our experience and the experience of others to help you make more money investing like a pro. We want to teach you how to create wealth by investing in real estate the Discount Property Investor way. To jumpstart your real estate investing career, visit FreeWholesaleCourse.com, the most complete free course on wholesaling real estate ever. Thanks for tuning in. Follow-up is key to success in this business. Wholesaling, you have to follow up with your leads. Did you know that 48% of salespeople never follow up with a prospect? 25% of salespeople make the second contact and stop. 12% of salespeople make three contacts and stop. And only 10% of salespeople make more than three contacts. Here's where it gets really interesting, guys. 2% of sales are made on the first contact. 3% of sales are made on the second contact. 5% of sales are made on the third contact. 10% of sales are made on the fourth contact. And here's the powerhouse. 80% of sales are made on the fifth through 12th contact. What does that mean for you? It means you need to follow up with your leads. You need to set your follow-up on autopilot by using a CRM. Visit dpipodcast.com forward slash CRM to learn more about the CRM that the discount property investors are using in their business. You can follow up with text, email, voicemails, all automatically. Get to the 5th and 12th contact faster and close more deals. Again, visit dpipodcast.com forward slash CRM. How to burr. How to burr. Let's talk about burr, we're baby. talking about how to burr. Burr. All right. So normally we're talking about wholesale. Uh, we'd like to talk about burr as well because it's something that we've done pretty successfully. Uh, we've acquired uh, around 100 properties in about two years together. And uh, again, we're pretty proud of that. We wrote a book about that called uh, The Burr Method, the, uh, fi- uh, the ability to basically create a rental portfolio with nothing out of pocket. So we are pretty excited about that, pretty passionate about that strategy. And we've gotten a few questions about it uh, from readers of the book and from people who have seen us talking about it in the past on podcasts. So we wanted to talk about that again today. So what is BURR? Real quick. BURR is an acronym for buy, uh, rehab, rent, refinance, and repeat. And when we buy our properties initially, we typically use a private lender so we're going to use someone else's money to buy it up front. And this is advantageous for us twofold. One, we're not using our own money. So again, that's an advantage. Two, when we go back to refinance it at the very end of this process, we're getting a rate and term refi, or it's just looked at differently than a cash out refi because it's not just all of our money in the deal. Mm-hmm. So we're refinancing it. We are not really uh, cashing out our equity in the property. So again, it's very, uh, it's advantageous for us to do that. So that's uh, our suggestion is you probably want to do that. Either use, you can use hard money lenders. You have to have almost no relationship with them ahead of time. And they're going to be able to loan you money based on the asset, the hard asset, which is real estate, as opposed to looking at your credit. So one of the more specific questions, Dave, that we got was how do you do this if you don't have the greatest credit? Well, it is tough. It's very challenging. It is tougher. 
And there are a couple things you can do. So we always recommend, we actually, in the book, if you check out our book, it's uh, we make a joke that it should be PBR, you know, like PBR, whatever the beer, perhaps Blue Ribbon, PBR. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it should be pre-qualify. So that P should come first for pre-qualify yeah, that's, that's before exactly right. you buy. And the reason is because it is so important that you're able to get that refinance, that long-term loan in place at the end of the day, that if you embark down this road and you can't, then your only option would be to sell that deal. And quite frankly, most of the people who want to be rental investors don't want to do that. Now, you could make a nice 15, 20K profit if you do everything right, which would be great. You know, then you're a flipper. But again, that's not going to get you closer to that passive income, that uh, rental portfolio that you're trying to build. Mm-hmm. So what do you do? Uh, we we are very... So to get in the game, let's say Go this ahead. though. To get in the game right away, one option would be to take on a partner. Somebody that is bankable, right? I love it. I mean, that would be the first thing I would suggest if you can't get a loan. Because in order to do the burr, you have to buy typically... You know, that could be a, a number of ways, private money, hard money, your own money, a bank loan if you're able to get it. Um, then you have to rehab it. You have to rent it out. But then you have to be able to refi. And that's really where, where Mike's saying, you know, get pre-qualified. Because if you go out and you aren't pre-qualified and you get approved by a hard money lender, which is typically way easier to get approved by than a bank because they have a higher rate, um, in a shorter term, mm-hmm. um, and then you get it rehabbed and rented. And if you can't qualify for that refi, well, then you're stuck paying a super high interest rate on a short-term loan to a hard money lender that may be okay with you paying that rate for a long period of time. But typically, they're going to want to take that property back and Great sell point. it to liquidate their own risk, right? So you want to get that pre-qualification done in the beginning. Now, if you get pre-qualified and you get denied, well, you can still proceed. You just have to take on a partner that can be qualified, and then you would have to put in the legwork or provide some sort of value to that person to get them to partner with you. That would be the easiest solution to get in the game and do this. But Again, you're going to be giving up something by taking that partner on. The other option will be to figure out what you need to get qualified and work on those things. Isn't that where you were going to probably go, Mike? That's exactly where I was headed. So okay. it is. It's uh, it's basically a game, uh, real estate. You're always looking for good deals, and you're always looking for more money. As a wholesaler, right. as a rental buyer, you're you're always doing those two things. And the looking for more money means I'm looking for more bank money at this point. I want someone who's going to loan me money long-term at a low rate. Mm -hmm. Uh, So if you can't get qualified, uh, yeah, work on your credit, figure out what you can do to improve your credit because it is so important. This isn't the stuff they teach you in school. I don't know why they don't. This is more important than most things you're going to do is keep your credit score up. Uh, We've got, so this goes over to uh, Travis. Travis, one of our acquisitions guys. Mm -hmm. Great guy. He's like, man, I really want to start doing Burr too. And he was telling us. Last week. Yeah, he told us he read the book and and was very interested in it and said, well, I just don't have any assets. doesn't really matter, man. If your credit's okay, if you go do the Burr method, there is an asset that the bank gets to loan against. They like that. Banks like having an asset to loan against. Mm -hmm. Like that's easier for them to do than to set up a, a line of credit. So that's what he was asking me about. I was like, should I go get a line of credit or something? 
Yeah, unless you no. have stocks or bonds or real yeah. estate to pledge, you're not going to get a line need, of credit. You don't too. need a line or of credit. Or you may get like a credit card line of credit. You know, like we have some students. 50, that, 100 grand or so tops. 150 yeah. grand, 200 grand, yeah. something like that typically. 0% credit cards through Fund and Grow. Oh, that's right. We love them. However, it's temporary. That's 18 months yeah, that's of short-term. 0% interest. And then that rate's going to go up to 15 or 20% or higher depending on how you do it. Now, if you are responsible, hey, that's 18 months, 0%. You're going to pay a couple grand to get enrolled in that in that as well, though, and have somebody help you set that up. Uh, but typically, yeah, you are absolutely right. You, you know, that's one of the best ways to acquire assets if you don't have any already. Well, but going to the bank and starting the relationship was where we pointed Travis. That's the first thing we both said is, well, to your point about the funding grow, uh, using that, to me, that would be a great way to acquire. So that would be a great way to buy it day one. And rehab. Yep. And rehab. Or, but it probably is not a great idea to have them oh as no. your, your long-term yeah, mortgage holder, which really wouldn't be a mortgage. It'd just be a credit card debt to yeah. to compensate or, you know, in, in, in exchange for it. But, yeah, you're talking a rate. Yeah, it could, could go up to 30%. Ten times <laughs> the rate of what a bank would offer you, you know. Four to five percent versus forty percent. Yeah, but again, it's a great way, like you said, so to purchase though. Well, yeah. to purchase or to fund a rehab. Because if a hard money lender, oftentimes they're only going to lend a certain percentage of the deal. So maybe you can get them to purchase to fund the purchase, but not the rehab as well. That's a great point. So you you couple those two things. You use a hard money lender to buy it. Uh, you check out our dpipodcast.com toolkit and find Funding Grow on there, our funding partner. And they will lend you the money or they'll help you qualify to get the money, uh, 0% interest, to do your rehabs. Mm -hmm. So that would be another good way to get started on that. Uh, Dave said, yes, find a partner. That is probably our best bet for someone with poor credit to get started as soon as possible. Mm -hmm. Because you've got to – Fixing credit may not be quick. It's not. It's not a quick thing. I mean, you may be able to jump it up 15, 20 points relatively quick within, and I mean that like within two to three months. Like that's quick in credit credit world, right? You know, so, but getting a credit score to be fixed from, you know, four, five hundreds to get up closer to the, you know, 650, 700 range, that's going to take some time. And typically that's going to be paying off debts. Or spreading, you know, your debt around. You want to keep your. Let's real quickly talk about some things you can do to keep your credit score high. Because this is stuff that I didn't know when I started. So I was, uh, I think, seventeen or eighteen or so when I applied for my first credit card because I knew I wanted to build my credit history. So I've always gotten loans on things. I've gotten loans on cars. Um, again, for myself because, well, one, I didn't have the money, and two, because I knew I wanted to build my credit. Yeah. So I had revolving credit. Those are what credit cards are called is a revolving account. And I had those since I was 18. I got different ones, you know, from time to time. I got a uh, one with this bank and then I changed banks and I got another one. What I didn't realize, Dave, is that the length of time that the account is open also affects your credit history and your score. So I closed down some of my older ones. Now, this has been years ago. I've had the same accounts now for, for many years and Um, well, we don't need to go into all the details, but if you have an old credit card, the reason I'm getting at this guys, if you have a really, really old account, don't just go cancel all your old accounts to try to improve your credit score. That's not going to help. Keep your older accounts, cancel the Kohl's card. If you just opened a Kohl's account, because it's silly to have that much, 
you know, uh, on a whole bunch of different little accounts. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, again, a length of length of time that accounts are open is very important as well as payment history. So again, make sure you know that. Any other little tips you have on yeah, credit keep score? the uh, balance below thirty percent or thirty five percent. I've heard different numbers, but you know, if you have a ten thousand uh, dollar credit card credit limit limit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you ideally, you know, you're not not everybody is able to do this, of course, but this is just how they work. If you're able to keep the amount borrowed against that 10000 below, I think it's 30 percent. It's going to help with your credit reporting and your in your scores. So why is that? Because well, if you have a 50 or 60 percent of used credit to available credit, you're higher risk, right? You're higher risk. right? So it's just yeah, it's, it's keeping that down to 30 percent or less means that you're lower risk therefore yeah, try not to make try not to, to to miss a payment or be late on it yeah do not miss payments yeah i mean you if being late's one thing but don't miss them mm-hmm. all together completely you know make them um, so set up auto payment guys yeah super easy way to make sure you make your payments set up auto payment on your cards that's right and then a couple other things that i could think about would be um when oh, don't spend money if you can't pay it back yeah. i know that sounds silly but I mean, if you if you have no way of doing it, try not to do it, guys. So like, credit's really usually only about half of the of, of the thing. The other half is debt to income. Mm-hmm. They want to know how much. So you know, when you go to to apply to a to a for a loan at a bank, uh, for a refi or a purchase or whatever it is, in order to, you know part of the underwriting process is a how much or how good is that person's credit, and that's going to affect the rate ultimately as well if they have a good if good credit or bad credit not a whole lot but it definitely is affected by the by the the rate and then um you know secondly would be the debt to income which is just a simple ratio guys it's how much debt do you have and how much income do you have and it's i think it's debt over income or income over debt i'm not really sure how so to calculate that but and this is something that we harp on too because a lot of guys like us like myself who who didn't do it right uh, you you start you get into real estate you start making big paychecks more than you made before it's really exciting and you want to quit that day job we really really don't like to see that and this is something that goes back to the question that was asked of us uh, about how to improve your credit or how to get into the burr right away is keep your day job keep your w2 income until you've got one to two years of tax returns showing that you're making money on your own as saying, a self-employed yeah, as a, individual. As a, as a part-time. doesn't really matter. Yeah. So yeah. It, it, no matter where you're at, you want to keep your current job because a, a history of the same W-2 job makes you more bankable. Mm-hmm. So keep that W-2 job. It's going to be easier to get a loan. That's right. At, At least, least for the first two years. Several years. Several years. I mean, right. again, until you've got – until your tax returns show that you're making money on your own, meaning you're paying the government – taxes on that earned income until you do that until you do that you're, you're not necessarily going to be able to get a bank to to want to loan you money that's a great point so again it's it's yeah it's a catch-22 show the government how much money you made and file it all and then you're going to pay a lot of taxes or don't don't show the government everything you made or take all the deductions you can get and pay very little in taxes but then you're not gonna be able to get loans so you're not gonna be able to get loans yeah, yeah. Th- th- that is yeah, it's Usually, difficult. That is, that is one of the biggest challenges that we face. That Mike and I, ch- you know, face is, you know, do we do we try to take every single deduction and depreciation and this and that, and to try to reduce our taxes? 
And in theory, that sounds like a great idea. But if you can reduce your taxes down to basically zero, the problem with that is, is you're not making any income that's taxable. And that's what the bank wants to see. They want to see taxable income. Now, banks can look past it. I mean, they, they can, can see if they look into your financials and they can see it. But it's just, yeah, no, they they want to see W-2 they income. They want to see paid taxes on income. Yeah, yeah. They, that's really what they want to see. So that can be challenging sometimes. So sometimes we have to say, all right, well, let's not take every single deduction and, and, you know, hide. and tax break yeah. that we can yeah. because – we have to be paying some taxes so we can show that we have income, so we can keep getting loans. So that that will definitely be a balancing act. And that's a little bit more 2.0. I think that's a little bit more down the line. But in the beginning, if you want to get involved with Burr, it's not though, Dave. Go get pre-qualified. It's day one stuff. Because a lot of people try to hide income. They don't want to pay taxes. Don't do that. Yeah, that's even I mean, if you're a self-employed lawnmower or uh, I'm thinking of some of our contractors who don't want to pay taxes and they don't want the 1099. Yeah, they're also not able to get loans. They, you can't get a loan. Pay your taxes, guys. Like it sucks. Yeah. Pay your taxes. Pay pay an accountant thousand bucks for the year to help you not pay as much, but yeah. show that you made the money. Show that you made some money, right? Yeah, it's just crazy. So number one, though, get out there and if you can't get approved for yourself, then maybe take a partner on. Mm-hmm. They can. That's an option one. Or get a co-signer. Um, that may be another option other than a partner. If you don't want to share equity, get a co-signer. That may be a little bit more difficult, but it is an option. You know, I had co-signers on my first couple loans that I had when I was in college and I did worked at like pizza places or mm-hmm. sandwich shops. So I had income, but it wasn't much at all. So I had to have co-signers. So partner or co-signer would be option one to get you started right away. Option two would be go try to get pre-qualified, talk to your banks, figure out what the issue is if you aren't approved. And don't don't get upset if you aren't approved. Mike and I have done this a hundred times and we still get denied whenever we reach out to certain banks because they may not have the appetite for these type of loans right now. It's complex underwriting. It's complex underwriting and it goes up and down. They may have an appetite. They may not. So certain times a year, they may want to work with us. Certain times they won't. It also depends on the economy. So if a bank tells you no, find out why and try to work on those things. But in the meantime, go start talking to other banks. So Mike and I work with six, seven, probably I would say probably eight, closer to eight or nine banks, if you include. We've got relationships with probably eight or so. Eight or nine, different lenders. yeah, different yeah. lenders. And, and we're constantly bouncing between you know them because we want to get the best deal we can get at the lowest rate as well. Uh, but sometimes some of these lenders will say, hey, we don't have an appetite for this right now. So it helps to have multiple lenders that you can work with, but also figure out what those requirements that each lender has are. And if you don't meet those, well, then just start working on those. And typically, it's going to be two things. It's going to be debt to income or it's going to be credit or both. It could be something else, of course, but that's typically the two things that are going to make or break you getting you know, getting involved in this, in this game. So that's really what it comes down to, guys. If you have terrible credit and you have no plans of fixing it, this may not work for you if you can't get a partner. Yeah. So what? So what if it takes you two years to repair your credit? Right. Three years to repair your credit. That's a good point. And then you build your portfolio after that. And then you can start that. buying assets later. Yeah. Like, and come that's on. Such a like, good point. three years in the scheme of your 80-year life? Like, yeah, 
there's no reason not to, guys. So get out there. Uh, figure out what is keeping you back. If it's something your credit, figure out how to fix it. And, uh, yeah, get going. Awesome. Signing off, guys. Thanks for listening to the Discount Property Investor Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please like, share, and subscribe to help us reach a wider audience. To jumpstart your real estate investing career, please visit freewholesalecourse.com, the most complete free course on wholesaling real estate ever. We would also appreciate it if you left us a review on iTunes or Stitcher. Thank you in advance for your support. And remember, you make your money when you buy and you get paid when you sell. Now let's go build some wealth.